It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sir, it's quite possible this asteroid is not entirely stable. Not entirely stable. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Chewie, take the professor in the back and plug him into the hyperdrive. Sometimes I just don't understand human behavior. This is Padawan's episode 116 of Full Sith. I am the Mike Pilot with my co-host, Amy Radcliffe, Brian Young, Bobby Roberts. And we got a great show for you tonight. We have a lot to discuss. And Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we'll be discussing tonight. Today's a birthday. There's a lot of birthdays. birthdays, There's a lot of Star Wars birthdays this week. So we're going to be talking about the anniversaries of the various films and where things were at and what we were doing and what people and the culture was doing around these... uh, these releases that happened so, so long ago. So many years, Brian. Um, and then Amy is going to give us an update because she just got back from Star Wars Weekends. Lucky. And uh, we'll talk about some other stuff as well. Cool. And hopefully everyone has a good time because that's what it's all about. And that's what we're about here at Full of Sith. Bobby, you were the one telling us about all these anniversaries. Why don't you tell us? Well, I mean, anytime May rolls around, it's it's Star Wars birthday season, although... The Force Awakens is gonna gonna shake that up. Uh, Damn you, J.J. Abrams! <laughs> it's still it's still funny to me that people kind of grumble about like, Man, no, I have to have, I have to wait till Christmas to get my Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, you're still getting Star Wars. People were whiners, Bobby. Ah, I I, I understand. There are a lot of people who get uh, tied up in the tradition I, of things. Yeah, no, I would have preferred it now, but I'm well. I don't <laughs> want to say I'm happy to wait because I'm not because I don't want to wait at all, but. Mm-hmm. I'll wait but, oh, and yeah. keep my grumbling to a minimum. Well, and we've got all these uh, these cool things to keep us occupied in between now and then. For example, all of the birthdays. Uh, Star Wars today, as you are hearing this, if you are hearing this the day that it goes live, which you should be because you are a dedicated, wonderful listener of this fine, fine podcast. Listen to you uh, talk. Today, it's awesome. May 25th is the anniversary of Star Wars releasing. Uh, before that, we had the anniversaries of The Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and on the 21st, The Empire Strikes Back turned 35. I can't believe uh, it's 35, Bobby. Well, the, the day after that, Pac-Man also turned 35. Yeah. So, I mean, In a couple wow. months, I'm turning 35. I can't believe that either. You're a freaking hey, you, kid. Hey, are you, he's not the baby. Amy, you're younger than him, right? Only, only by a little bit. I turn 35 next January. I can't believe I was doing this show with so many kids. <laughs> which is weird because we're still like you're that great show for old fans <laughs> exactly. we're what the old timers listen to on the front porch as they're rocking back and forth whittling r2d2 out of a block of wood but we still represent the uh the prequels right brian valiantly yeah yeah we rep- we represent son <laughs> we stay representing 
And so we had all those birthdays and uh, we celebrated in our own various ways, or at least I believe we celebrate. Like, Brian, how did you celebrate uh, any one of those birthdays? Um, well, uh, for the, the Phantom Menace Revenge of the Sith Day, uh, while I was working at work, I pulled up my iPad and put on the prequel trilogy that day. Uh, so while I was cutting video, I was super distracted by Star Wars and watching them and... Uh, over the last week or so, I've been tweeting a lot more about Star Wars and the prequels than I have usually. Mm. And uh, a lot of it's just about thinking about it, thinking about that that time and kind of going back. And uh, I I spent way more time in a rabbit hole looking at old pictures from like past celebrations than I would have expected. Like, I don't want to be turning into that old guy who like pulls out the photo album and it's just like, well, let me look at how the way things used to be. But sometimes it happens. <laughs> um, and Amy, uh, you just got done today, right before recording this, uh, celebrating the anniversary of Star Wars being released back in 1977 by recording a commentary with our friends over at the Star Wars Report. Yes. Yes, I did. And that was a like a first ex- like first time experience for me. I've live tweeted when the Blu-rays came out. A friend and I, um, we weren't, you know, we were on separate coasts, but we watched and live tweeted um, all six films, which was a marathon. And I'm surprised I had any Twitter followers after that. <laughs> but, uh, it always seems a- so counter. It seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? That you fill up your feed that full of stuff, like, and you, it doesn't matter who's responding to you or not. It's just a fire hose of tweets. And it yeah. seems like you would lose listeners and you almost always gain them, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that was, what, nine, I can't math, 12 hours of... Uh, she goes, I can't math. <laughs> I can't math. 12 hours of tweets. So doing the, the commentary was definitely something different. I'll. I, it's funny, like uh, two days ago and three days ago or four or five or whatever as you're doing this, as you're listening to this, I was just tweeting like, the first like every hour or two like a line from phantom menace in order like i was just doing it off the top of my head like trying to see if i could get everything in order for like two scenes over like two days jesus and i gained like 10 <laughs> yeah, he's followers watched that movie more than anybody else on the planet i think that's oh, yeah true. you were bragging about this on facebook how many times did you see the phantom menace again in theater? so in theaters, uh, at, at the initial release in 99, it was 70. And then I caught it five more 70. for the 3D. I don't even know 70 people if you watched it 70 <laughs> times. So here's, here, here's the, the, the thing with that, right? Okay, uh, I worked at a movie theater. That was my first job. I was 16, 17 years old. And I started working at a movie theater because I really love the movies. I really love the cinema. I really love the movie-going experience. And so you're directing? And when... St- Star Wars when Phantom Menace was coming out like we had one of those old school like uh, um, like time boards where it wasn't like digital or anything it was like the little plastic letters and numbers that you had to put on and change every time the movie show times changed and like I made sure to like faithfully put like how many days there were left to Phantom Menace every day on that board Um, you know, like I was really into it and I was working at the movie theater and we were waiting in line and we went and saw it. And I think I saw it like seven times opening weekend. Jesus. And I probably paid for the first 15 or 20 times. And I managed a second run theater. So after a few months, Phantom Menace ended up at our theater and I could very 
easily justify being on the clock and going in and watching Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean, you're working. You might as well. And so that's how I got from like 20 to 70. Mm, uh, oh, well-conceived plan. <laughs> good, good job. And there Brad. was no risk. Um, everything, <laughs> everything went fine. Uh, you know, it, it, and so it was like, you work at a movie theater that has Phantom Menace for two months. You go watch it once a day while you're on the clock. You know, it's easy to get to 70 without having felt like you've wasted something. I understand that, but 70 is still a lot. I mean, since the movie came out, what was it, 99, right? I might have yeah. seen that movie 25 times. 70 is an awful lot. What? So what you're saying is essentially at this theater job, you were engaged in sort of a symbiotic relationship. With I was... I was the midi-chlorians to Phantom Menace's force. <laughs> if this was the movie and Her, he'd be Her. That actually, the more I think about that uh, terrible metaphor, the more it works. I mean, like, who's a better, that's, like, person at helping? Work. How, 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 uh, who, who is better a person than, than me at communicating the will of Phantom Menace to people so that they don't think it's as bad as some of them might? Well, I guess after the 69th time, you just understand it more than the rest of us do, right? Sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, for the anniversaries, the birthdays this week, uh, Bobby, since you asked, I have been converting my garage, which was full of uh, tractor and jars of oil and everything that somebody would have in their garage into power <laughs> washing the thing, the ground. Whoa, time. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know too many people who have tractors in their garage okay. and just random jars of oil. You made this sound <laughs> like it was a normal thing, and now I feel weird for not having that in my garage. Uh, I'm sorry. I have I have a, a good plot of land. I have. Oh, okay. I'm not a moisture farmer. We live in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of rain. There's a lot of humidity and, and a lot of grass. So I need a tractor to uh -huh. to cut my grass. I mean, to push mow it, it would be terrible on my back. So. Gotcha. You know, for years of having this in there and it had a plow on it and that was rusting and getting all over the ground. I power washed it this weekend. We went to Lowe's Home Improvement. I'm not getting paid for saying that. And we got paint. We got a cool elephant gray paint and we're converting the garage into a game room slash Star Wars room. Uh, oh. My movie room is completely overflowed with stuff. There's like things on the floor and everything's in front of other things and you can't see anything anymore so i'm converting the garage into more of like a museum kind of thing so so the garage used to be full of tractor but now your garage is full of sith that is absolutely right i even have my full sith banner ready to go to go on the wall out there i mean i thought it was i thought it was the best time to do it all these uh birthdays and to celebrate them i thought that was the, the good thing to do so you're are building you, a shrine I, essentially yeah are you gonna are you gonna try and go the the projector route? Are you gonna try? I mean, like you said, your movie room is spilling over. Are you thinking about taking this garage and transforming it not only into essentially the bridge of a star destroyer, but the bridge of a star destroyer that has its own movie theater at the front of it? It's amazing that you asked me that because I was just about to say I, at work they were getting rid of some of their 1080p uh, projectors, so uh -huh. I grabbed one. And I got a mount for the ceiling, and I got a big garage Ooh. door that's white, and it's going to turn into the, uh, it's going to be projection. I'm going to be playing Star Wars on it every time I'm out there. Ah, see, that's good. That's solid. That's slick. That's a good way to celebrate. Well, except for the fact that you apparently, like, slipped a disc so yeah. bad. Yeah, or seven. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> if you hear my hiccups, I did have, like, a cup, like, 16 ounces of tequila before we started recording. My apologies. You sound pretty good for having 16 ounces of tequila. All up in your guts. I mean, that's that's pretty. If I had that much to kill you, 
And I'm saying to kill you because yeah, to that's kill what you. it does. It <laughs> kills you. Oh boy. Goodness gracious. The, the, the hair that grows on my body after drinking that stuff. That's unnatural. That shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't be half werewolf. <laughs> I drink that stuff, but that's what happens. I don't drink the to kill you. You've had 16 ounces of it. You sound smooth. Thank Almost you. Almost Alrissian smooth. Well, you know, <laughs> I am me. So <laughs> <laughs> that is the best answer to that compliment ever. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. What about you, Amy? What are you doing? I know you were away for Star Wars weekend. What else? To celebrate? Yeah. Well, Star um, Wars weekend sounds like celebration in and of itself. It does. It does. But we're going to have a whole segment on that. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, other than doing that commentary today, I wrote a piece for StarWars.com this week about six, you know, like reasons to watch the prequels right now to celebrate them. Um, so I felt Is like Brian them, would be very proud of me. What was that, Brian? Because Brian said so. It wasn't, but I really should have been. In your face, Brian. Yeah. In general, that Brian Brian Young says you should, and yeah. <laughs> I will like this is like no Brian like you really like I've I've never hated the prequels. Uh, there are aspects I don't like. I don't know if you're ever going to convince me that Anakin Padme is a relationship that works. But on many other fronts, you have you have made me look at the prequels differently and appreciate them more. So in in essence, both of you are awesome in my my estimation. See, I'm the midi chlorians helping communicate the story of the prequels. <laughs> I like it. All right. So, Bobby, you're asking everybody what we're doing to celebrate. What about you? Oh, um, well, if you follow the uh, Full of Sith Facebook page, and you should, and uh, respond and talk to us and uh, maybe even get in a passionate argument with me on yeah. that Facebook page. That's the thing that's been happening more and more. It's very lively. You get to interact with the hosts in a way that you maybe thought you weren't going to previously. Uh, if you go to the Full of Sith Facebook page, uh, you'll see a photo uh, of me celebrating Empire Strikes Back. Uh, by putting on an old 1985 scratch to Helen back because I bought it at a thrift store for a buck fifty a couple years ago. Laser disc, yeah, scan laser disc of the Empire Strikes Back, time compressed even. So at certain points during the movie, they start to move like the motion smoothing is on. Well, you do things right, Bobby. And their and their voices are pitched up like just like half a tone <laughs> every now and again. It's a uh, it's fairly distracting, but it's also reminiscent to me of uh the first time i ever watched the empire strikes back uh and that was also the only way i watched the empire strikes back for like the next 10 years which was on a vhs tape that was set to extended play so you could tape six hours of content onto one tape that was a special thing you used to have to <laughs> it do was you a had to get a special kind of tape and a special kind <laughs> of vcr in order to do this it was a magical time yes it was uh and we didn't have cable uh, but my mom knew somebody who had a satellite and they got HBO on that satellite. So we would send over videotapes to them. They would fill up these tapes uh, on EP with three movies each. And one of the tapes that came back was in this order, Ghostbusters, The Empire Strikes Back, um, and The Karate Kid. That's a hell of a weekend. Wow. That's actually totally a pretty reasonable trilogy that is a, to Star Wars. Yeah, that is a really good triple feature, honestly. Yeah. And we ate it up. We just ran that tape to death um and watching it on that pan and scan uh laser disc reminded me a little bit of what that looked like i mean it was probably still a little bit nicer even with all the scratches and things and whatnot than the vhs vhs tape was but uh it did sort of remind me of those first times that i was watching empire strikes back so i was like "Ah, for the 35th anniversary i'm gonna i'm gonna go whole hog nostalgia with it i'm gonna watch this on laser disc and i have to get up and flip the disc over and it'll be fun so <laughs> that that's how i celebrated 35 years of empire strikes back and bobby I, 
Let me ask yeah? you, would you say that Empire is your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, yeah, easily. And Amy, Brian? Empire uh, for me as well. Yeah, I had, like, if forced to pick one, which I don't like doing. Well, you have to. Jedi. Really? Yeah. That surprises <laughs> me. Three to one rules. No, so. here's here's the thing. <laughs> Jedi's the first one I saw. Jedi's the one that connected with me most, the most emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I especially mean, with... In next huh? week's episode, in next week's episode of Full of Sith, Brian Young will be played by Meryl Streep. Yeah, the episode will be entitled Brian's Choice. <laughs> pick Empire, pick Jedi. Yeah, take take Empire. I think this is like three three shows in a row when we've had a Sophie's Choice gag, and I don't know what it is. I don't know it, but it's been happening a lot lately. It's a comedy classic, you guys. Pay tribute. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. Um, well, I guess because. For you, and maybe even Amy, but even though she said Empire, I mean, you would have been, been about the same age at Jedi that me and Bobby might have been for Empire? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, the reason for me, I love Empire as a film. Like, if I'm saying, like, which is the one that has, like, the, the film, I don't know, like, Empire is probably the best made of all of them, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but for me, Jedi resonates the most, and part of it is the whole redemption of Vader, the the Anakin Skywalker thing. Like, that scene between Vader and Luke, when Luke takes his mask off... Tell your sister you were right about me. It's, like, everything builds to that scene for me, and that's where... Um, that, that's, like, it, it just doesn't get better than that. I think, to me, that's better than the I am your father moment. In... Jeffrey Brown's Vader's Little Princess. He says, tell your sister you were right about me. And Luke says, uh, she's right there, Dad. Just tell her yourself. <laughs> it's actually pretty sweet. The reason why I brought it up was because I was looking accidentally. I, I clicked the top 250 movies of all time because it said Shawshank Redemption was the number one movie, which is a great movie. I mean, Godfather, Godfather 2, but Empire Strikes Back was the highest rated at number 12. I think it should be a little higher than that, but I don't know. I you know if IMDb kind of has like this weird like s- breed of Christopher Nolan fanboy who who rates yeah. and they seem to move the needle on IMDb's top two fifty Dark Knight number and four. I don't understand like the Shawshank Redemption love. It's a pretty good film, but I would never be like, wow, it's better than the Godfather. It wasn't even popular until it got onto cable and people started watching it like crazy. I mean, number five was Pulp Fiction. Number six, Schindler's List, which is basically Sophie's Choice. So, Well, and Schindler's List, I don't think anybody actually goes back and like gleefully revisits <laughs> Yeah, let's watch Schindler's no, List tonight, exactly. Amy. Let's, it's great. Okay, I'm not, not going to brook any <laughs> ill words about the Shawshank Redemption. I'm just telling you right now. You I guys love Shawshank. Watching. You no, walk I, I like walk it, but line. it's not better than The Godfather. Okay, all right. I, I, I don't can, think, I, I don't that. know. I Andy Dufresne, you got to feel his pain, man, a little bit more than Michael. Uh, well, the, the IMDb thing is just sort of like, it, it's sort of feeding into itself at this point. Like Shawshank Redemption being number one at IMDb ended up being news in and of itself in the early days of the internet. And that sort of thing just sort of feeds in. Like it, a lot of people sort of, started to rethink how good a movie Shawshank Redemption was when it started showing up near the top of the IMDb rankings before everybody knew to not really give the IMDb rankings all that much credit. And then once that happened, it just sort of became like this cycle, this self-perpetuating thing. And I think it's just going to stay at number one on IMDb simply because that's kind of what IMDb is known for. Dark Knight being the number four movie of all time. 
Okay, there you go. Well, now you have an idea of what the bias at IMDb is. I don't think it's necessarily Nolan. <laughs> There's I think two it's just, great scenes in that movie. Two great I think, scenes. I think it's just that the IMDb top 250 has rankings that are catered to a very specific demographic. And that demographic is typically right around 18 to 34-year-old men. And that's <laughs> who are willing to sign up for IMDb. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kind of 18 to 34-year-old man who would sign up to IMDb and care enough about the rankings to actually rank out a whole bunch of films is going to be the guy that really likes the dark Knight, that really likes Shawshank Redemption to the point where it's like a transformative film experience to them. I love Shawshank Redemption to death. I think it's a beautiful movie. I agree. Uh, would I, agree. I put it at number one? I do agree that if, Empire Strikes Back is the highest rated of the Star Wars movies, and they got that correct, which yeah, which makes me surprised also... that the 35th anniversary didn't get as much attention. Like nobody really gave the fact that Empire turned 35. We don't want to feel that old, Bobby. We just don't want to feel that old. I guess. Um, idea. I mean, though, that they get others wrong, though. I mean, Return of the King is listed as the highest rated Lord of the Rings film, and oh, Fellowship no. is. Yeah, Second, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Listener, <best>. oh no. <laughs> oh no. Amy's reaction says it perfect. All right, well, but let's. Amy, they also rank. Is, Amy, what Matrix is best? Above a New Hope. Oh, yeah, you don't like The Matrix, though. I mean, in no. all fairness, you don't like The Matrix. You said that it's a ripoff of the prequels. Wait, wait I want to know, Amy, where, which is the best of the Lord of the Rings films? I'm going to go with the middle on that one, too. Two Towers, I yeah. think, is the best. It's a good movie. I thought you were going to go two towers. I would disagree. I would say it's the Fellowship of the Ring, but I—that's weird. Why? I don't know why I thought you would say two towers. I don't she, know did what say two towers. she did she say two towers. What? She did say two towers. Yeah. I, know, I, I thought she was going to. I was. I don't. I, but I don't know why I thought. Explain why you would pick two towers, Amy. I there are a lot of visually visual things in that part that I like. I really like the battle at Helm's Deep. I really like what happens with Theoden. Mm-hmm. And Green of Worm Tongue. And I really thought that was the chapter that they brought, the, I want to say, the best to life without overdoing it like they did in Return of the King with the Army of the Dead and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the emotional notes it hits. Like, I, I love the scene where Gandalf leaves uh, Rohan uh, with, with Pippin and the stuff that happens with Pippin and Mary. And I think that's all. Well, you know, and of course, I might be getting that mixed up with Return of the King now. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, I mean, there's a lot of movies on this list, 250 to be exact, but I mean, tw- Wait, 12 actually, Angry Men. I want to ask, ahead, I ask real quick, how, how far up is Mad Max Fury Road already? It's that's n- another thing that happens with IMDb ratings. As soon as a Fury movie Road out, is and he, kicks, uh, number 26. Yeah, see, as soon as a movie wow. comes out and kicks everybody's ass, it shoots up the rankings. Yep, there it is, number 26. I mean, but, I mean, there's some great, great movies on this that, I mean, we would all rank them differently. This is, like you said, the guys between 25 and 35 picking these movies. Pulp Fiction, great movie. I don't think it should be up as high as five. 12 Angry Men was great. That could stay where it is at seven. Fight Club, I love Fight Club, but I don't know if it should be 10. But I don't know. Uh, Empire, I think where it's at and how it's rated against the other Star Wars movies, I think that's right. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think... Uh... I, it's I I think it's like a zero sum game trying to write the star or rank the Star Wars movies right like what good does it do you to say this one's better than that one I they're so oh, um, interconnected 
helps me decide which one to watch sometimes. It does. Yeah. Like if I'm going to watch a prequel, like I'm going to watch one. Yeah. If I'm going to watch a prequel movie, it's going to be Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You can, it's okay to make value judgments. What's and, not okay is to force those value judgments on other people and then decide that those people are dumb for not having the same value judgments. You, you guys are dumb if you don't want to watch Revenge of the Sith. Just saying. <laughs> You guys I'm are bad fans. <laughs> I'm dumb now for picking two tower. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I understand. I understand entirely. I was just sort of, I was like, I bet she's going to pick two towers. And I don't know why I think that I was basically asking you to tell me why I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would agree. Return of the King was the best one. No, no, I, I think two towers is probably better than return of the King. Uh, yeah. Now, Return of the King, um, Return of the King packs a hell of an emotional wallop, but it also and sort it's of fun. Wallops. It wallows in itself a little bit too much. It's kind of rolling back and forth in the emotional roadkill of the of the story uh, by the end, and it, it sort of it wears you down. Um, neither Fellowship nor Two Towers leaves you with that feeling at the end. Well, so, I mean, uh, when when people walked out of the movie for those two, they walked out very somber, and when they walked out of Return of the King, they, everybody was happy. And if it's my nine year old watching it, of course, Return of the King is the most fun and the most, you know, you get the most out of it as a nine year old. But story wise, I don't know. Two Towers was a little better for uh, me. You know, the more I look at this list, the more I just don't like it. I don't know how it's weighted. I don't know what it, how I love it, it works, but like they've got stuff like uh, Fritz Lang's Amazon here, and M deserves to be way higher than number 69 on the list, right? Like that movie's so good. And it's got, it's like butted up against old boy and vertigo. Yeah. And citizen yeah. Kane is wedged right between aliens and grave of the fireflies. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And that's tough, man. I mean, those are all magnificent movies. Amazing. Yeah. Wally at 63 between American beauty and North by Northwest. Uh. Would you rank them 20 below the lion King and the prestige? I no 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 no, not, no no the prestige Which, probably not be up there. I really like the prestige, but that probably shouldn't be up there. I, that's that the only Nolan film I would put on this list. Yeah, well, I wouldn't put it up that high either. Um, I'm curious as know, to whether or not, I'm curious as to whether or not Fury Road's going to move up the list any further as time goes on, well, or if it was just a, a, Road, an initial explosion. Fury Road is ten slots higher than Raiders of the Lost Ark already. Okay, oh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark should be a lot higher. Raiders of the Lost Ark should be a lot higher. Although I will say, personally, my top five action films of all time, Let's I hear think it. Fury Road might have muscled in there. I think it might really? have made the top five. Top that five. means it, it would be counted in the company of films like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Die Hard and Aliens. And some and of these... like. And, and the road warrior and, the road and drunk, warrior. I'm over five now and drunken master too. <laughs> <laughs> These are my top five. It's 15 movies. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do. And it's it is hard, hard to do. Um, no, Fury road was good. Easing. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be awesome. honest here. I'm going to be honest here. You guys as star Wars fans, because I need to come clean to you. I know that you already have a bit of a low opinion of me since I am fairly strident and free with my opinions and I have no problem disagreeing with you. Are you uh, talking to the audience or us? Because I don't I'm, talking, have, I'm no, talking to the audience. I'm talking to the okay. audience. And me sometimes. You guys love me. Sometimes. The audience might have a bit of a combative <laughs> relationship with me, but I think that's okay. Every show needs to have its rowdy roddy piper, someone you need to fight with. And that's you, Bobby. Someone, yeah, I'm coming off the top rope with elbows blazing. Oh, ooh, yeah. That's not Rowdy Roddy. Though. That's Randy Macho Man Savage. I don't know what. You've but, mixed uh, your metaphor in all the wrong ways. I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. That's Roddy Roddy Piper. That's, that's Roddy Roddy Piper, yes. Um, I was actually anticipating Fury Road more than anything this year. 
Yes, you told us Star. that at the end of the show last week. Yeah, and but I was he like, didn't see did it yet at the at the end of the show last week. Yeah, no, yeah, I was I oh. I was I was anticipating Fury Road more than anything in 2015. And I say I only. Sorry, Bobby, I totally interrupted you. Let's go ahead. I only watched Mad Max the first one for the first time last summer. A friend of mine. Uh, and I are going through all like these movies we just somehow missed. And I did not resonate with me at all to the point where I'm like, why would I want to see any more of that franchise ever in life? Yeah. Yeah. But you got um, the Tina Turner song. We don't need another hero out of that movie. Well, that's <laughs> not, that was beyond Thunderdome. Oh, sorry. My yeah, bad. This was the first like 19, you know, what, 79 or something. Oh, I don't bad. know. I wasn't a fan. No. Yeah. The first um, one's a weird, sweaty revenge flick. It's not really post-apocalyptic at all. It's just sort of, weird in in vaguely uncomfortable ways and yeah i kind of liken it to like evil dead to evil dead 2 between mad max and the road warrior and the road warrior is where like the tone actually kind of gets set for the series Mm -hmm. okay okay so that's good to know so i went into this like i'm like you know i started seeing or hearing about trailers for fury road and i'm like i don't whatever like i'm probably not gonna see this movie i don't care and then i started seeing so much positive buzz for it and i'm like well maybe i actually need to watch a trailer mm-hmm. so then i went to see it thursday and i walked out of that theater just so pumped about life because it was just <laughs> such a bombastic like operatic like hell of an action movie mm-hmm. i haven't like enjoyed watching the movie that much in a while and if you yeah. follow people on facebook you can see the people that are just morons like a Ariana, Ariana. <laughs> like is a, Fury Road is a really good way to call your friends list. No, it, it, it truly is. Ariana has this one friend that she works with, and she posted on there that, that this movie is like the worst movie she's ever seen, and she just couldn't believe that she sat there through it. And then I see like friends like Bobby and some of my movie critic friends saying like, "Wow, this movie is spectacular! It's the most fun I've had for a really long time in the theater." And I think, well, that girl's an idiot. So you got to stop talking to her because she doesn't know anything. No, Fury Road is an amazing action film. And uh, it's sort of, I'm kind of astounded because I was really anticipating it and uh, the levels of hype that were rising within me. uh, I kept trying to tamp down and I kept trying to remind myself, like, look, he hasn't made one of these in 30 years. Um, It took him like 12 years to make it. There's been a ton of complications. Uh, Charlie's Theron and uh, and Tom Hardy apparently were not getting along out there. There's a whole lot of complications that could have come to bear on this film. Uh, Maybe he'll he'll have lost a step. Maybe it'll be too frenetically edited. Maybe it'll be so balls to the wall that um, it'll just drown itself out and feel like a a big, noisy, spiked flat line. And after 45 minutes, it just won't work on me anymore. And none of that is the case. It is like a perfectly conducted symphony of action wonderfulness. It ebbs, it flows, there's riot, and then there's respite, and then there's even more riot. Um, there's story being told without anyone having to actually speak the story out loud. You get a yes. sense of characterization through just minor lines of dialogue and just the way they carry themselves, the way they make their decisions in the midst of the action that is happening when they do get a chance to rest, the way they act in their resting period is just as expressive and emotive and interesting as it is when they're shooting motorcycle guys out of the sky, like clay pigeons while traveling 80 miles an hour. in some of the most perfectly framed action you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I want to see George Miller direct a Star Wars movie where it's the moisture farmers versus the Tuscan Raiders, and it's just one big chase in the oh, desert. Oh, God, that would, 
That would work. That would work. I mean, all I know is Bobby, like you see these, these things all over town, like Cisco and Eva give, give it two thumbs up. Bobby Roberts has like a book. Like you got to read the book to understand how awesome the movie is. I've got all five of my digits on one hand and five on another hand up and the metaphor just keeps going from there. It's that good. Exposed, it just I keeps going. I myself to cooling rods at a defunct nuclear power plant just so I could grow the extra limbs and pop thumbs up at the end of them. So like Siskel, Ebert, two thumbs, I've got 12 thumbs, 15 eyes, and they are all blinking in the affirmative that you should see this while film. shooting motorcycle riders so, out of the air. Yeah. Can, um, bringing it back to Star Wars a little bit and ranking movies. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys seen the poll on StarWars.com mm-hmm. uh, about what is your favorite Star Wars movie? I have not. So uh, a total of almost 53,000 people have entered. And mm-hmm. what do you think? the the top choices it should be empire uh, empire with i'm with, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess that they chose star wars with 44 percent, it mm-hmm. was empire ah. so 44 percent of these fifty three thousand people have said that the empire strikes back is their favorite star wars movie mm-hmm. um what do you think second place is um revenge I'm, of the Sith. okay um, this this is because of who it is and how they're asking uh, I'm going to say second place is probably Phantom Menace. No, no. Oh, okay, all right. I was trying to game the system. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, go uh, Mike. Uh, that's what I wanted to pick. Go Mike. Oh, I suck at pub quiz night. <laughs> um, so Revenge of the Sith has 18%, and that's in second place. I got to I gotta um, be honest with you. I voted 53,000 times, Brian. <laughs> 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 um so revenge of the sith is third place and then you've got return of the jedi just below that with 17 percent. wow how come star wars isn't showing up in the top three that's nuts um yeah. a new hope is fourth place with 13 percent, and phantom menace is last phantom menace and attack of the clones are tied with four percent wow phantom menace was much better than tied with i mean i'm yeah. sorry attack of the clones is much better than tied with phantom menace well now no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and the numbers have shaken out at about this like every time they like i've been checking in on this for the last couple of days since they've had it live and mm-hmm. those numbers have remained pretty consistent um actually revenge of the sith um actually came down a little bit and a new hope's actually risen a, a little bit uh the last time i checked it revenge of the sith was in the 24 percent range that's weird it's weird to me that 50-some thousand Star Wars fans going to StarWars.com would overwhelmingly prefer the dark versions of Star Wars. It makes you feel alive, though, Bobby. I mean... I, I guess. I, I mean, not to say that Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back are so oppressively dark or grim or gritty or anything, they're, but they're they're definitely both the most... Yeah, they're, bo- they're the, both the most serious-minded of the Star Wars saga. That's weird. I mean, I, I guess, you know, they, they're the ones that pack the most emotional punch. Maybe that's what people are responding to more than anything. Well, and I wonder if there's a couple of different generations here at work, too, yeah. where the Empire Strikes Back is the answer for, uh, obviously, most Star Wars fans. Us oldens. Um, um, I, but I think that Empire is the favorite, kind of, uh, obviously, in order for it to get 44% on this poll, has to cross uh, more lines than just that. Mm-hmm. But and I wonder how much of that generation is at work in Revenge of the Sith, where may, is is everyone who's choosing Revenge of the Sith younger? Like I'd be fascinated to know the demographic breakdowns of this poll. But you would have to say through peer pressure and just people just giving their opinions, most people, most Star Wars fans, 
that are older would say Empire Strikes Back. So do the younger people voting, do they just say Empire Strikes Back because they know that that's what everybody else is going to say? Um, I know my kid doesn't. Anakin is pretty unabashed that Revenge of the Sith is his favorite, period, hands down, and that A New Hope is his least favorite. Yeah, but we can't judge the the, uh, the group of people voting on this with Anakin, who has a pretty much uh, but, his own mind. But not just Anakin, though. Like His entire group of friends are all unanimous in saying Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie ever. It's a They're good all movie. 13. I would say it's number three. That's a good place. That's where, a good would you, where would you rate... Uh, that movie, Amy. Which movie? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Where would you rate that? For me, number four. Okay. It's original well, I, trilogy. It all comes first. Wait, have we, not, have we not done the rankings thing? Like no. everyone everywhere online, whenever they discuss Star Wars, at some point it has to come down to them posting their six in order, how it is for them. Have we never in no. the history of Full of Sith done this? We've never have done it, Bobby. Well, now we have to do it. Now oh, it must now be I'm, done. Yes. I'm feeling sick trying to figure out how to rank these because okay. that means that I have to say one of them is lesser than all the rest, and I just yeah. don't well, think I don't look at it like that. Yeah. I just look at it as let, let, what, what most enjoyment and which do I like watching the most? Which do I watch Ryan, the most? I am, I am feasting on your schadenfreude. <laughs> it sustains me. Mm, to answer for time. me, it would be Empire, Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, and then I guess you're right, Bobby. Phantom Menace and Clones eh, should probably be about even. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Amy, what is your six? Give me the six. All right. Uh, Empire, mm-hmm. A New Hope, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. No, wait. I'm sorry. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Nice. She'll change that in a couple minutes. Just Brian, <laughs> Brian, give me your soul. Tell me. Okay. Them. If here's how I will rank them in the frequency at which I rewatch them. Mm, mm, I don't like it. Yeah. I, you're not being fair to yourself, Brian. I don't like uh, it. I don't I, like it. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. He's going <laughs> to be a four like, hour conversation. I, it's so hard. Okay. So <laughs> return of the Jedi is at the top. Okay. You got to do it. A new yeah. hope. Okay. All right. We're almost there. Four more to go, Brian. You can do it. You can do this. Revenge of the Sith. All right. And then the other three are tied at the bottom. So close. (laughs) You wimp. No, I I love them all so much. Weakling. Make I don't I, I honestly I, I honestly don't know. The one I probably watch the most often is probably Phantom Menace, but my favorite is Return of the Jedi. Um Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. I love Empire, but Empire, like for me, and this might be blasphemy. It's the one I kind of revisit the least. Brian, just, step um, out of your body for just a moment and just rank those last three, just for oh, us one like time. The films aren't going to come hopping off of your shelf and like beat you about the neck, and while it's not going to change you as a person. We're not going to feel less about you. Just tell us what you think. Yeah. What are the, what's the bottom three? Oh man, Attack of the Clones. Okay. And then? Empire. And Phantom then. Menace. Okay. Wow. wow. I would not have called Phantom Menace at being the bottom of your list. I would not either, which is why I hate making lists. <laughs> the, way, the, way it was go- the way Empire was dropping down the list, I thought he'd say that last. What about you, Bobby? Oh, uh, that's easy. It goes uh, Empire, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. And that's the correct order, by the way, for anyone. <laughs> that's the 100% correct order. 
I mean, I'll, 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 I appreciate other lists for their, uh, for their interesting points, but I mean, that's, that's the correct answer. It's a good list. I'll take it. All right, Amy, we have talked way too long without discussing you and your trip to star Wars weekends, which was from what I understand, transformational. Yeah. Just like Greece. Tell me more. Tell me more. And I want you to sing that part. Tell me more. Tell me more. Go ahead. Yes. It was fantastic. It was, I didn't have high expectations. Um, I've mentioned in a few places I don't like to be hot and I don't like humidity to the point where that is actually a deciding factor. It's why I've never gone. That's why I don't go to Florida. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like it's just a miss. I get miserable. So, but this year, you know, I just needed to check it out. It's been long enough. And I thought I can do this. Like, I'm a grown-up. I can drink water. I can swim sunscreen. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. I love it. I'm a grown-up. I can do this. And I did. And in many ways, it was like a, a mini-celebration and in some ways better than celebration because they had a themed restaurant called the Rebel Hangar where I could eat key lime cake that's shaped like Yoda's head and oh. Darth Vader waffles. And did they have a, Nerf steaks? No, they, they didn't actually miss opportunity. Because I had two Star Wars meals, and like the first one I went to Thursday night was like a character dining. So you met all the Star Wars characters. I'm sorry, the Disney characters dressed as Star Wars characters. So you had like Jedi Mickey and Minnie Leia. And I didn't know if I'd be into that, but I lost it when oh. Minnie Leia came to my table. That's like, awesome. I just got so excited and, and practically knocked her to the ground. And I didn't know I was going to have. Like I should have, like Disney and Star Wars, those are my like two probably biggest loves. So I should have expected that, uh, but I didn't. But the food at that place, it was like a buffet and it was very loosely themed. So they had stuff like Ahsoka's orange chicken, which I was like, I guess orange is kind of a color so wait, of her I'm, skin. I'm eating Tegruta? <laughs> See, that's why I'm saying they should have gone with your idea. They should have had like Bantha steaks or Nerf steaks. Um, I don't think they did, though. But they did have a lot of amazing miniature. I ate so many tiny desserts, you guys. They had tiny cupcakes, uh, a Yoda cupcake, a Jabba the Hutt cupcake, a Darth Vader cupcake, cheesecake with the Rebel uh, Alliance symbol on the top, and, like, like raspberry filling. So, So, rank... The desserts or the characters? Which did you like better? Oh, oh. Now, see, now I feel your pain. <laughs> it's Sophie's choice. Um, probably the characters, because then again, later. Uh, so in addition to struggling with heat and humidity, I also struggle with waiting in line because I'm a very impatient person. Um, and when you add the hot, you know, the fact that it's, you're sweating more than you've ever sweat in your entire life into the equation, it gets a little harder to do but a little bit before i had to leave on sunday i got in line to meet anakin um they have a episode two anakin i think episode two episode three and their, their character like he looks a lot like hayden christensen but more handsome so i really like i need to meet anakin and <laughs> when you say more <laughs> handsome what was more handsome about him just his hair was a little, I don't know. He was handsome. <laughs> his hair was conditioned for once is what you're. <laughs> <laughs> it looked very nice. It, it didn't look very... like he, it didn't look like he'd washed it in a dog bowl and let it dry. <laughs> no, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, 
it did look like, yeah, it was very, it was very nice hair. But while I was waiting in line, they, they change out characters. So sprinkled around the park, they had these little backdrops. So they have a Naboo backdrop, and that's where Padme hangs out. They have the Tanta Four, and that's where Luke hangs out and sometimes Leia. And in the, for the Coruscant backdrop, it was either Anakin, Mace Windu, Shock T, or Kit Fisto, or some combination of those four characters. So Anakin left before I got to the front of the line, and it was Mace Windu and Shock T. Uh, and I don't really care about Mace Windu. Yeah, you and me both. I just, you know, he's he just is kind of stupid. I, mean, I don't care if he has a purple lightsaber. And so I got to the front of the line, and like there was a sub line for me. Like, what are you guys? Are you is Anakin coming back out there? Like, no, but Kit Fisto is going to be here in five minutes. I'm like, I am waiting for Kit Fisto. And I did, uh, and I met Kit Fisto and Shakti, and again, just reverted to that, like, five-year-old, like, I'm talking to a Jedi. Shakti complimented my R2-D2 earrings and talked about, like, oh, it's a very good way to keep track of your droids. We should tell Anakin about this. Was it a better-looking Shakti, or? Was better-looking than? Well, yeah, you was, said, was like, Shakti Anakin was more better. handsome than she was on screen? Yeah. She looked really great, actually. They did a really good job, I mean, especially, again, with the heat, like, I can't imagine keeping that kind of makeup like looking nice and head tails and prosthetics but she looked great cool. even up close and you get quite close she had really disturbing contacts like um, to make the eyes match it's weird like i'm really interested to go and do this now actually that you say that i again don't want to deal with the heat or anything but like when i was at disneyland for star wars celebration and we did that character breakfast uh at the plaza inn there like, I didn't realize how much I liked meeting costumed characters with my kids. And if you were to put them in Star Wars costumes, I can imagine that going off the charts. Exactly. Like, at the Rebel Hangar, the modal nodes walked around, and I had dinner with um, Trisha Barr from Fangirls Going Rogue one evening, and one of the modal nodes just stopped by, sat at our table for a minute, took some pictures. Uh, and, oh my gosh, there was a Jawa that came by, and I learned a new Disney thing, that the Jawas, you can trade with them. So Trisha and her friend came prepared with like they always trade action figures so that later if a kid a kid trades the Jawa, they can get a cool Star Wars action figure. Yeah. Oh, uh, the first thing he offered me, like he has a little pouch full of treasures. And I had a stormtrooper action figure to trade. And he tried to give me like a bottle, like a travel size lotion, and I'm like, no. Like, I don't know. I don't want that. So he goes back in his pouch and eventually pulls out uh, an Ursula pen. And I was like, yes, that is acceptable. And then he holds his hands up and says, Utini. And it was the, like, like at that point, I'm already, like, pretty just excited and, and thrilled to be there. And that just pushed it over the edge. It's just a little thing. So I just grinned like an idiot for three days straight. Yeah, and that's, that's cool. like, not even, like, scratching the surface. There's a parade. There's a wonderful fireworks show. Uh, because if anything should be set to fireworks, it's John Williams' music. It's really emotional and really lovely. And there are talk shows that are essentially like mini panels. And I got to see Ian McDiarmid. Uh, Ian McDiarmid, Amy Allen, and Tia Sarkar were the guests for the first weekend. And Ian McDiarmid was just 100% like on. Like yeah. witty, super chatty, uh, ex like exceedingly charming. Uh, Through James Taylor, I think, off the script a couple times. James Arnold Taylor. Uh, but he's an amazing host, so he... He rolled with it, but oh, I just obviously, as you can probably tell by my rambling, I loved every minute of it, and I sweat, and I was uncomfortable, 
but there's air conditioned spots and there's a lot of shade and it ended up being manageable. So besides um, Trisha, did you see any other people in the podcasting realm at, at uh, Star Wars Weekends? I did. I saw uh, Riley Blanton from Star Wars Report. Mm-hmm. Good guy. I, yeah. We watched uh, one of the Rebels in one of the chats with Tia Sarkar together. And I saw Nancy and Brian from Tashi Station. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was all the podcasters I saw. Cool. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. So if you can, if you have the opportunity to go, opportunity to go, and even if you, because what I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I really hate being hot and uncomfortable <laughs> and sweaty. I hate it. So if I can do it, you can do it. It's a good thing you're moving back to California soon. I know in the valley <laughs> where it gets to be like 105 degrees in July. Where you guys don't have any water. <laughs> but yeah, I also dislike being cold. I have a very narrow window <laughs> of comfortable temperatures That's 68 degrees like 65 to maybe 80 sounds like you need to move to hawaii or san diego i'd, I'd be down with that oh san diego would be good too oh yeah. yeah 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 but then you've got that giant convention that comes through every now and again and turns your entire city upside down plus you you're in the same city as the chargers and that's just awful that's terrible that does you hurt know. a lot I agree. what do yeah. they are they a football team Oh, good. Yes. Yes. They play the football. (laughs) You're doing better at pub quiz than I am. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you had a good time, Amy. We were, we were uh, waiting to hear about it. It was a highly enjoyable experience uh, with a lot more to do than I expected. So in retrospect, what was the highlight? The number one. The highlight. Oh boy. I I think it actually was the food and drink because they had themed food. They had themed beverages with glow cubes. So I got a, uh, an X-Wing mm-hmm. that glows and has a clip. And it was on the side of my drink. But now I can wear it in my hair. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And I really well, like. We need to talk about that, your hair, before it might possibly go away. Fury Road was so affecting that I saw on Facebook you were discussing whether or not you're going to go full Furiosa. I'm like thinking about it because I haven't changed my hairstyle and it's it's been at least a decade, like the length yeah. at least. Like I changed the color a little bit and how I wear it, but it's been long for a decade. And <laughs> Imperator, I'm going to mispronounce it, but Furiosa, she was, I just completely so taken with her and impressed with that character and just she's so badass. It's one of the most amazing performances since 1986 when Sigourney Weaver got a Best Actress nomination for Aliens. Like, that's how affecting and effective that performance in Fury Road is. So yeah, I, I, I can see why you would want to you'd want to go Furiosa if you could. I, I would suggest go close to Furiosa, but keep it just long enough that you can still put that X-Wing clip in your hair. This sounds like a good compromise. <laughs> it's the way to go for sure. That's cool. I'm glad you had a good time. I had an excellent time. Yeah. Now I want to go. I yeah. want to go back. I'm sad that I'm not there, right? I mean, I'd like to be. I'm glad, happy I'm talking to you guys, but also a little sad that I'm not there right now. I don't know, Amy. I'm on the side with you, except I don't think I would go there. The, the, the heat and the humidity down in central Florida is just too much for me to bear. I'll, I'll tell you what. If they, I, part of it's that it's just too far away for me, too. Like the heat. And the distance like really bugs me. But if they did Star Wars Weekends, and I can't figure out why they don't, did something similar at Disneyland, I'd probably go every Yeah, day. I'm, I'm more I likely will... to go out to California for it than go to Florida. 
having been now, because I've lamented the same thing, especially being close to Disneyland and having, you know, I'm like, no, we need it here. They do not have the space at Disneyland to do what they do in Florida. Like, not even close. Well, and they just got to take over the rest of Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all the people with their houses that live in Anaheim would love that. Yeah. All right. So I'm speaking of Facebook. Uh, I'm looking at our Facebook again. Go to the Full of Sith Facebook page. Uh, like us. Friend us. Share us. Visit us because we don't just post about the shows. Uh, Brian and Amy and, and Mike and I will just every now and again, if something really cool and Star Wars-y pops up, uh, we'll slap it up on our page as fast as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in response to last week's show, we asked a lot of listeners uh, to, to name what sort of stuff they would try to save out of the old Legends continuity and have it be placed back in the new continuity uh, revitalized, reimagined, rebooted, if you will, and we got uh, we got a fair amount of uh, responses on the uh, on the Facebook page. What did they say, um, Bobby? Um, we got uh, Kyle Katarn was was named. Kyle Katarn was shouted out the the hero of the Dark Forces games, uh, you know, and Jedi Outcast and, and those things. They like to see him show back up. Uh, Tag and Bink got name checked. People wow. want Tag and Bink reincorporated into the canon. I think that's actually one of the easier moves that you could pull, honestly. Uh, let's see. Uh, a Bith Sith. Darth Tenebris. <laughs> I've never actually... I'm very unfamiliar with Darth Tenebris, the Bith Sith. Yeah, I didn't know there was any Bith Siths. Um, wasn't he Plagueis' <laughs> almost master? Said that huh? Almost. Wasn't he was... Uh, um, yeah, he was Darth Plagueis' master. Really? The Bith Sith? Yep. <laughs> was Plagueis' man? Okay. All right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's still rumors about Darth Plagueis not being completely KO'd, uh, you know, from the canon. I mean, he's he was directly named in Revenge of the Sith, which means there could possibly be an opening that we will learn more about Darth Plagueis in the canon at some point. That'd be a great TV show. The, the Darth Plagueis TV show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, really let's see, so. uh, Revan. We actually mentioned that on the show. Um, a, a poster. Sean uh, said they wanted Revan back in there. Uh, big fans of what Bioware did with uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, the Angti Monks. I, I'm not familiar with them at no. all from the EU. I apologize. They're in they're in one of my EU blind spots. But um, you know, those were some of the suggestions that we got for people uh, to be placed in canon. I thought that was a that's a pretty good run. I like I like Kyle Katarn. Uh, I definitely like the Tag and Bink uh, suggestion. I think that'd be pretty cool. So Amy uh, wasn't with us last week. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, who would you pluck out of the Legends continuity and bring back into canon? Ooh, uh, from what I've read, I would say um, Cornhorn. Ah, nice. Yeah, we talked about Corn last week. That's a good pick. I like I like Cornhorn coming back. What why, what about Corn uh, makes you want him? to be reimagined, rebooted for uh, this new canon? Mostly because, well, I like the character, but mostly because if he was around, that meant the likelihood of some kind of Rogue Squadron (laughs) TV series or movie uh, would be stronger. But I like it that he's a little like Han Solo. And that kind of devil-may-care cocky pilot, but also has, like, we actually learn more about his background, unlike Han Solo. Yeah, And so he can overcome some of that. And, and that reminds me, I, I do believe someone did suggest Dash Rendar. Uh, to get- uh, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, uh, there was a book they did that was a Dash Rendar standalone, where it's like, he's he's 
the bodyguard. It's basically the bodyguard, right? It's he's <laughs> he's the bodyguard of this like famous like singer in the Star Wars universe, and he's got to like get her through some stuff. Is she the one that was in the Fifth Element? Um, oh, the Plava Laguna, the, yeah. the Diva Plava Laguna. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. Um, and uh, I, I, it's funny how um, it was called Shadow Games. Um, it, it's <laughs> wait are it's, you making this up is this an actual book or is this <laughs> an actual he's just putting it out there no Star hold on I will um... ridiculous Star Wars <laughs> we'll write you anything cause we know that you'll buy it of course uh, it was real <laughs> Brian, hold on, let it, was, me find, it was a dream uh, you dreamt that no let <laughs> me find the synopsis like on Amazon <laughs> Uh, oh, amazing dash rendar yeah is there any character from shadows of the empire that you would want taken out of shadows of the empire and placed back in canon no any of them no I can't think of one not actually, one black sun character. was cool black sun as an organization was actually okay you saw That's, black sun in clone wars though all right so that they've already been placed in canon. Yeah. okay yeah i That's, think we might need to do this book like we did shadows of the empire god man i don't know uh, what this book that. you just so made let, up in your head no, let me read you the synopsis from Amazon. This is Shadow Games. Uh, uh, Javul Charn is the most famous pop star in the galaxy and the runaway bride of a violent lieutenant in Black Sun, the crime syndicate commanded by Prince Shizor. And uh, <laughs> I... Or so Javul says, soon after Dash Randar broke and desperate agrees to be her bodyguard, he realizes that openness is not her strong suit and that murder is stalking her tour. Between the discovery of dead bodies in a cargo hold and an attack by an unidentified warship, Dash and co-pilot Eden Vril desperately try to understand who is terrorizing Javul's tour and why. When Han Solo suddenly joins Javul's road show, the stakes are raised even higher. Now Dash, who has a history with Han and an even worse history with Prince Shizor, follows his instincts, his discoveries, and Javul herself strayed in, into a world that may be too dangerous to survive. So Rapey McGee made it into a second book? No, I, not, not even really. So what's weird is that on Amazon, this has got like, with 40 customer reviews, a straight, like, solid four-star rating. Yeah. Wasn't um, it your favorite part of Shadows of the Empire when Dash Rendar died? Like, more so than if Jar Jar died. I was, like, thrilled. I haven't read Shadows of the Empire yet. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't. You can listen to our show. We, <laughs> that, it was did. far more entertaining. Listen to the Shadows of the Empire episode we did, and we'll cover everything for you, and you'll never need to read it. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to read. Yeah, that. don't go there. I mean, you have far, far too many better things to do with your time. If it comes down to a choice between uh, reading Shadows of the Empire or uh, going to see Fury Road again, go go see Fury Road again. Yeah. So this sounds like. Book, if it comes though, down to reading Shadows of the Empire or getting a root canal, go ahead. Get a root canal. Yeah. This book sounds it like, like the, the, the perfect mix between Dash Rendar meets the bodyguard and Dirty Harry's The Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, but The Deadpool only is the only part that sounds good about it. Actually, you know another character from uh, the Zon trilogy? Because I immediately said Thrawn, and a bunch of people immediately said Thrawn. Uh, Ghent, the Slicer. I want Ghent back in the canon. That'd be cool. Or Ad- Admiral Pelion too. Ooh, yeah, that would be nice. Pelion like could be like the new Piet. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, 
Wow. Well, thanks everybody for sharing on the Facebook page. We appreciate it. I've been, mm-hmm. uh, been wanting to hear what everybody said. I've been anxious to see what Amy would say. She, uh, actually surprised me. I thought that she'd say Thrawn. Thrawn is pretty great. But... I think I've got shadow games on my shelf. I think I'm going to read all it. Right, oh, Brian, I, we'll read oh, it all Brian. together. And by the end of July, we'll have to have a, a show on it. If, if you are listening, no, you know, I'll just report on it. No, if you are listening and you're anywhere close to Brian Young, listener, please perform an intervention. Stop Brian before he gets to that bookshelf. Stop him before he starts pouring those words into his eyes. Just as a favor to us, because we love the man, try and intervene if at all possible. <laughs> There's obviously a cry for help is going out across this podcast. Don't don't let him read it's that. It's Dash book. Rendar in The Bodyguard. I mean, just right there. I'm like, I'm not interested. Hey, you know who wrote The Bodyguard? Uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan. So it's got some Star Wars ties too, man. Yeah, but it sucks so hard. Although we should also uh, remind people if they haven't, uh, keep checking Vanity Fair. All week long, they have been posting interviews uh, that they did in order to write that big article that came out in the Vanity Fair. All the the interviews that went into writing that article are being posted uh, in their entirety on VanityFair.com. So there's interviews with Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, there's a there's a profile on Pablo Hidalgo. Cool man looks man Which looks I thought was I thought it, he got robbed kind of. So every other photo in the spread was taken by Annie Leibovitz. Yeah, and then the really handsome photo of Pablo just says photo courtesy of Lucasfilm. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't say Joel Aaron. Um, it Aww. might, but like, a, it's like, well, they didn't think that Pablo was cool enough to have Annie Leibovitz take her photo, or if Joel took the photo, they didn't think that like he, he was cool enough photo. to get a credit. It doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be that confrontational. Let's just be happy that a really cool photo of Paolo Hidalgo showed up on Vanity Fair, and he didn't have to do anything horrible to get in the magazine. It's true. I like, he's I can, at. I'm just. I really wish they would have mentioned his past as as uh, that kid from Jurassic Park. That's no, all. it's never going to happen. You're the one that says that. Listen, I I always thought I, either there's an overabundance of Star Wars fans in my area, or I've suddenly moved to Podunk, USA, because I cannot find that Vanity Fair. A magazine anywhere I go, and I'm furious about it. I will if I find an extra one, I will pick it up for you. Thank you, Brian. I, I just I, I've gone to like 30 different places, and I've even asked them, and the old one's still on the shelves. Well, we could try back next month. No, screw you. You should have it on the shelves. Just now. Star Wars. Don't you understand, lady? Yeah. Well, you don't should make uh, me get Dash Rendar in here. Yeah, don't make you me should, do that. You should roll the tractor on down to the the local <laughs> trading post if you can barter it. For the magazine, I mean, they'll probably take like two or three weeks for him to get it there. But once you pick up your uh, your your weekly batch of pomade to go along with like some chaw uh, and and, uh, and and some kerosene for your lamps at night, I like if I th- the Jawa has one. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Maybe there'll be a Jawa you can trade with. I have a do back. That's how I. That's how I mow my lawn. So, listen. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about tonight? Because we are. Uh, well, we're, no, we're we time. can we can no. talk about the other stuff next week. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We'll let you pass out in your weird to kill you haze. I'm heading there. I can tell you, but well, this has been entertaining for me. I appreciate it. And anybody, if I sound like an idiot tonight, my apologies. But I'm having a good time. So <laughs> screw it. I don't care. If you if you want to leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Apology accepted, Mike. Thank Apology you. Accepted. Listen, you were able to do many uh, intoxicated full assists, and I'm allowed to do one myself. That's just how it is. Do a live show like, with booze. This is the craziest Kathy Lee Gifford impersonation I've ever heard. What? 
Voicemail line 206-426-5592 or the SpeakPipe app on the website, which is at fullsit.com. There you can find our contact information like our Twitter at fullsit, at the mic, at swankmotron, at any underscore geek. Also, facebook.com slash fullsit, which if you haven't liked us there already, then you're behind the game. We've been talking about it constantly. Do that. And holocron at fullsit.com. Bobby, you do things. Everybody's been downloading your new track, right? Since we mentioned it last week. Well, probably. Maybe. They better have. And Brian Young's fiction and all those things. I put the link to Geek Remixed in my story about the Korean webcomic. Oh, very cool. There you go. And if you haven't read that Korean webcomic, get on it. It's updated twice since we've talked about it. Yeah, it's so good. Amy, have you been checking that out? No, I got, well, not entirely. I got, like, through the first, a little bit of it, but I have much more to read. Well, (sighs) to interpret. Man, it's so good. Not literally interpret, (laughs) but you know what I mean. We can't read it, but it's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you uh, you found that, Bobby. All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. 116 uh, for my good friends and co-hosts, Bobby Roberts, Amy Ratcliffe, and Brian Young. I'm the Mike Pilot. May the force be with you. Always. If you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.